welcome everybody to another Angry Wargamer podcast. Tonight it is just me and Drew. And yeah, we're a little off. So if you're catching this and you catch what our schedule normally is, we're a little off because my ass went on a little vacation this weekend to the mountains. So this is what you get now. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Uh, you got any updates, Drew, before we get into the meat? Uh, on my end, uh, I bought a box of time. I got a box of time spiral after some hardcore trading. Uh, uh, we'll talk about my pulls and how I feel about the set overall when we get to that segment. Um, did some organizing of my collection, got things nice and buttonholed. Managed to get some more bulk sleeves from uh, BCW so I can sleeve up some more of the commander decks that I have. So I have get that much closer. I'm like at 70-30 for having all everything sleeved up at this point. Just want to get a couple um, a couple more boxes of BCW multicolor card or uh, multi-pack sleeves that have the different colors. So that way I can have a little color uh, diversity in my uh, my boxes. And then after that, it's just a matter of picking up more storage, and then my, everything that I have for Commander will be ready, and I won't have to worry about collecting anymore if I don't want to. Fantastic. Other than, like, random singles, right? <laughs> random singles? Or with... Uh, the, we're hitting the point now uh, where Strixhaven's coming out, and Strixhaven is going to be the set that has the five big uh, Commander decks, so that might end up being a pickup just to have the cards for it. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, we're going to start this off with some shit talking because this is how this has to be tonight. So uh, we found an article, or Lando found an article, about the Star Wars trilogy, um, the last trilogy, Um and I guess we have to say something about it. So let me take let me take my hat off. These things are getting serious. Turn it around like Ash Ketchum. <laughs> You're gonna catch your balls and twist. So um last I heard, there were supposedly rumors that there's going to be another trilogy coming out that will effectively retcon what happened with these last three and Ray. Um that was just a rumor. But now we find this article uh, whose title says, if you don't like Disney's Star Wars sequel trilogy, you're probably alt-right. <sighs> Going and taking a drunken swing at the, at the, at the fan base. This seems like a great idea. Let's read the article, and then we'll get into the bullshit of this article and who published it. And where it came from, because that's who I have the problem with. <laughs> so. Why is my shit not loading? Fuck you. Yes, I accept your shitty fucking cookies. All right. I probably should have archived this, but whatever. All right. So like like the title says, and we've already read. If you don't like St Disney Star Wars sequel trilogy, that's probably just because you're alt-right. According to Wikipedia, the alt-right consists of loosely connected far-right white, national, uh, white nationalist movement. 
Wow, that's pretty harsh, especially if you're not white. <laughs> oh, you're probably being brainwashed by a handful of YouTubers and websites that are an arm's throw from alt-right luminaries like uh, Stephen Bannon, Milo Yiannopoulos, and Alex Jones. The fuck? <laughs> I know it's a lot to unpack, but gamers have been dealing with these smears for years, even some, even from reputable news outlets like the New York Times. So Disney's Star Wars sequel trilogy was basically sabotaged by some grand right-wing conspiracy, and you, dear Last Jedi detractor, are an unwitting part of it. At least that's what an idiotic manifesto from a website and podcast called Rewriting Ripley is postulating. <laughs> According to the author, who is reportedly a journalist and game industry analyst named Kate McCourt, which, um, by the way, has another controversy that's been going on. The fan backlash against The Last Jedi is actually some grand conspiracy with Steve Bannon at the top of a, a literal pyramid of alt-rightness. <laughs> so, this is in quotes. Uh, we need to talk about how this so-called fan backlash is a part of a large movement to change and control culture, but into motion, uh, put into motion by former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon in 2014, and it was a movement that successfully led to far-right governmental, governmental shifts in the United States, the UK, India, Italy, and Africa. Leveraging over 1 million tweets and greater than 1,000 YouTube videos, this article will track the successful rise and radical right-wing hate with white supremacy and misogyny in fan spaces, starting with Gamergate and leading up to the rise of Skywalker. The fuck? <laughs> no, I couldn't possibly be that... Uh, it was simply a polarizing movie that, in many fans' eyes, destroyed the character of Luke Skywalker and led to a massive decline in revenue for the brand. That's way too simple. It was to be a grand plan concocted by white, uh, white nationalists. Sorry, I don't know if we can say half this shit. <laughs> yes, it's an obvious hit piece that uh, uses faulty skewed data and strong political bias. The site was clearly designed simply to try to smear several successful YouTube channels that covered Disney star Wars in an unflattering uh, light, including our own sister channel clownfish TV. But what's concerning is who is listening to the and sharing this junk Lucas films, Pablo Hidalgo reportedly followed the rewriting Ripley account on Twitter and some Star Wars fans are wondering aloud if the employees of Lucasfilms are actually weaponizing this hit piece to try to silence dissenting fan voices. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. And then there's Katie McCourt herself, who has allegedly been chummed, chumming up to Lucasfilms employees for quite some time, according to the Twitter user DataRacer117. And there's tons of screenshots. If you can't beat them fair and square, just call them alt right and call it a day. <laughs> okay, maybe I don't have a problem with this article anymore. <laughs> I mean, I didn't read it all the way through the first time. Uh, look, Lucasfilms isn't in a good place right now. There's been several backlash, uh, severe backlash of the 
firing of Gina Carano of the Mandalorian and the High Republic seems to have landed with a thud. The Star Wars YouTube channel is an absolute train wreck right now with fans uh, downvoting nearly every video they upload in protest. And the views? Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> the aforementioned Clownfish TV gets more legitimate traffic than the official Star Wars YouTube channel with a fraction of the subscribers. And they post the subscribers. <laughs> it's not because Clownfish TV is alt-right. It's because Clownfish TV resonates with disenfranchised Star Wars fans. And whether or not Disney wants to admit it, they are, there are millions uh, of them out there. But would people at Disney or Lucasfilms go so far as to collide behind the scenes of the perpetuating and to perpetuate this defamatory lie to all of the grumpy Star Wars fans for being literal white nationalists. <laughs> if jobs are on the line, people do crazy things. This alt-right insanity has infected other fandoms as well. A few nights ago, Zack Snyder. Oh my God, we got to get into this too. Whew, this covers all of our shit. <laughs> a few nights ago, <laughs> Zack Snyder made an appearance on a charity live stream run by fans to advocate the of the Snyder Cut. The rap, an award-winning and many believed fairly reputable Hollywood news outlet, weighs in and gets literally everything wrong. The writer Phil Owen specifically called these YouTubers live YouTube live streamers alt-right repeatedly in both the headline and the copy of the article. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Unless the rap can define exactly what constitutes an alt-right YouTube channel or the streamers themselves call them <laughs> call themselves alt-right, the outlet could be paying with fire uh, playing with fire. So how did we get here? <laughs> Zack Snyder's appearance uh, on the stream. Wait, did I just change articles or is this still the same article? This is all about Zack Snyder. It has nothing to do with Star Wars. Oh no, it still does. It still does. <laughs> they combined everything in there. All right, so I don't. I guess I don't have a problem with the people anymore. So this article was put out by Pirates and Princess Princesses. Well, hold on, Pirates and Princesses .net. Um, so I looked them up, and they say they're an unbiased source, um, which I originally thought they were the ones calling everybody alt right, but clearly I'm wrong here. So um, they're own. It's a small company owned by. Looks like two people on the Clownfish TV is owned by the same people, um, but they focus. Shout out to Geeky Sparkle and Neon. The who? Those are the owners, Neon and Geeky Sparkle. Oh, no. I'm aware of I'm aware of Clownfish TV. I've been watching. I've been listening to them for a while now. Well, Thom Pratt is the guy's name. Is he PP Sparkle? <laughs> no, he's Neon. Geeky he's Sparkle neon? is his wife. Gotcha. All right. So, yeah, I call her the queen of brushable hair. The, they're, they're owned by Pratt's and they only they apparently only focus on Disney stuff on this part of their thing. The Pirates and Princesses dot net. It's a uh, they focus only on Disney and Disney related things. Um, it just so happens that this one was about Star Wars and apparently Zack Snyder's Justice League, which has nothing to do with Disney. But I guess it ties in. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, if they're calling everybody all right at this point, sure, why not? Yeah. So I no longer have a problem with that podcast, which I originally thought in the show notes when we were putting the show together. Um, I apologize for my thoughts that never hit air. <laughs> they were unfounded and they were ignorant. Don't they, worry about it. it yeah, happens. I only skimmed the article, but I officially read uh, more than half of it on the podcast. So you're welcome. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. <laughs> anyway. Oh, fuck, man. Like, that's seriously how it's been going. Like, everything's alt-right this, alt-right that. And, like, you can't have a fucking opinion. In fact, um, where was I going with this? The whole um, Zack Snyder thing. There, okay, Michael Lasky, if you don't know who he is, he's an MMA fighter, and he was cult from Three Ninjas, and he was the child Red Ranger in... Um, how the fuck can't I think of the name? And I just said Power Rangers. There we go. <laughs> the last original quote unquote Red Ranger in Power Rangers. Um, he was the little kid in that, and he's been in a couple other movies, uh, Sensei and something else. I can't remember what the other one. But his mom is also in Mandalorian. She's the villain that Ahsoka Tano ends up fighting, um, in the show. If you haven't seen it, too bad. I don't give a fuck about your feelings right now. Um, <laughs> his mom is also that he said in his little TikTok thing, he was basically saying it's trash and he goes and all Zack Snyder did was accumulate. It's not even a director's cut. He he took fan what fans wanted to see. And it was literally slapping the balls of fans like, here you go, here you go, here you go. And it ended up being total shit. That's what he says. And there's a, there's people in his comment section saying like, you're you're literally you're literally shitting on this man and his family because you don't like his stuff because his daughter just died. And he's like, what does that have anything to do with art? He goes, I'm not allowed to criticize art because somebody died. He goes, so if I don't like Scream, does that mean fucking whoever did that one, like Picasso or whoever did that? Does that mean I think he's a shitty person? Like the fuck? <laughs> So that's one of the major headaches that I have with a lot of these things is if a company looks at looks at uh, critiquing of any type, no matter how benign it ends up being, where they're just talking about technical stuff, mm -hmm. if they don't if they think it's going to affect their bottom line in any way, any negative impact, they'll just basically just uh, mobilize their 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 fucking uh, their fans and throw them screaming at these people so that they don't have to deal with them. I and mean, a lot of people, when it comes to, especially the, the, um, the smaller influencers, they generally just buckle under and just delete their shit. Cause they, as far as, as far as they're concerned, these people don't want to hear from, hear from their fans. They just want, they just want to keep making their dumb, useless bullshit. And, so, and this is why I'll say, this is why I, I know Phil's going to shit on, going to going to get pissed off at me for bringing up generational theory, but fuck Gen X directors. That's all I'm going to say. Fuck them. They haven't made a good fucking movie in God knows how long. No. And the only reason that fucking uh, any of the Marvel shit even floated at all is because they had p people like Robert Downey Jr. actually holding holding his fucking finger in the dam like the Dutch boy. That's it's... my that's my little scree on that. It's like, fuck you, people. Fuck the Gen Xers who think they're trying to do something fun and hip. Fuck you. You aren't doing anything of value. No, we, we don't have and no one's had like an original thought for a movie in fucking who knows how long. Like 
the Hacksaw Ridge thing, I thought that was cool, but that's literally just another war movie with a spin on it. Uh, American Sniper. You can name all of these. They're just war movies. There's no, like, real thought behind it. And, like, some of them are, like, about people's stories and stuff, and, like, that's cool. But uh, was it American Hustle was probably the last original movie that I've seen. Well, yeah, because you have the – if you go with Disney, you have all the live-action movies that they made recently. They're all absolutely fucking – fucking ridiculous i think they're good like we, the only one i didn't like was aladdin <laughs> aladdin was boring the lion yeah. king was a fucking rehash where they uh, just let james earl jones be why the fuck do we have to dig him up to to rehash mufasa you redid uh, you got everyone you got new actors for everyone else including fucking scar but you couldn't be bothered to go and get someone else and not bother james earl jones the movie was meh. The movie was fucking pure, That's... unadulterated, fucking liquefied yeah, meh. I didn't see that one. Mulan was fucking meh of what I saw of it because I, I watched I watched a little bit with my wife and then I watched the reviews of it. I'm like, this is fucking garbage. Not to mention the whole yeah. Uyghur nonsense on the side of that just made it even more fucking distasteful. See, I didn't know about the, the Uyghur stuff on the backside of it, but I knew I enjoyed the movie. And the most of the freakouts that were happening were like, oh, she's got magic and she didn't have magic before. And I'm like, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> like, relax, people. But I mean, I don't know. I, en- I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Jungle Book. I enjoyed uh, Beauty and the Beast. I enjoyed I did not enjoy Aladdin. I thought Aladdin was I just I didn't like Will Smith as the genie. He's what ruined the movie for me. The rest of it was pretty OK. Some of the like the the singing parts were kind of eh. But for the most part, I, I, I don't know. I didn't really like that movie too much. Um, Honestly, I, I when you, when you have shit like that, I will never give somebody shit for trying to fill such big fucking shoes. And let's be honest, right. when it comes to actual energy and our and and animation, like Will Smith had, Will Smith could not compete against Robin Williams for sheer energy output. So, like, he did what he could with the character, and I respect him for doing what he did. No, yeah. was it the greatest? Fuck no. But you know what? Neither was the neither was neither was Charlie in the Chocolate Factory in the face of Willy Wonka. But there are people who still love that movie too. Yeah, I didn't like that one, and I like the Alice in Wonderlands. I thought those were good. Those um, were good because they had more to do with the books than they had to do right. with the original animation. Which, as far as I'm concerned, that's what made them good. Because they stood on their own merit and, you know, having uh, Johnny Depp in there being a batshit insane like he usually is <laughs> is always helpful. But through like, the looking, the through the looking at glass decent. with Sasha was <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen played a great villain. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen plays a great villain in real life, too, if you've noticed recently. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Well, I you think, want to see out of touch old people trying to make a fucking uh a difference in the world. Sasha Baron Cohen's it. Yeah, right. I made Borat, so I have some sort of fucking bearing on the popular culture that's going on around me, even though I have nothing to, nothing of value to contribute to it. <laughs> you keep doing your thing, Fast. Sasha, and we still think you're a fucking idiotic individual. He's the Tom Green of our gener- of this generation. No, he's Andy Dick. That he he doesn't deserve All to right. be Tom Green. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Sans the uh, you know the, the terrible drug addiction. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Sasha Baron Cohen's outside life is, and I genuinely don't want to know. I don't know. Tom Green has been doing – he's got his own podcast now, and he he's one of those guys that travels in his van and does a podcast. 
Um, it's him, dude. I'm glad he's doing good things. Yeah, I heard him but on like, Rogan before. That, Rogan that went sounds to like something useful. Sasha right. doesn't look like he's doing anything useful at all. That's why he's more Andy Dick than Tom Green. Fair enough. Yeah, Andy Dick's <laughs> not allowed certain places, and I can agree with that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. For the most part, I think Disney's doing good as far as their live action stuff goes. And then now, what's killing them is that they turned Star Wars into this like political thing the whole gina carano thing um revamping trying to revamp the um show that she was supposed to be in and then now they're talking about re redoing the trilogy because um i'm gonna have a rant in this by the way and if you don't mind at some point because i got a bit of a i got an axe to grind about this about star wars (laughs) oh yeah yeah i figured I was going to have one, but uh, this article kind of took it away from me. Um. <laughs> oh, it may have taken the wind out of your sails, motherfucker, but I got plenty to say. No, this this, this fucking, was it uh, Ripley, Riley Ripley or whatever the fuck it's called? Like, she's, an... oh my God. Okay, so she's she's saying that the quartering is had doxed her, but the quartering literally took her information off her own fucking website. So who doxed herself? She doxed herself, and he didn't dox her. And then supposedly, um, I don't know. I'm mixing two things up now. I'm mixing two things up. But like, all right, um, it's the other one, the zombie killer, uh, the the black girl that got the PS5, um, by using Brianna Taylor to get one. Brianna Taylor's name uh, to get one. Remember we talked about her. She's the one who's like, there's not enough black creators that that get uh gaming girls that get uh action like attraction uh, you know and she ended up getting a ps5 after she had already gotten one we talked about this before yeah we did yeah she's back in the news again um oh yeah yeah <laughs> fuck yeah i haven't really dug too much into it but yeah she's still hanging around right now um well, okay. Well, it kind of ties into this because she, her whole YouTube channel now is is based around trying to expose the white nationalist alt right and by going after like all these creators. But um, by doing that, she's just exposing herself more to like people realizing that she's a piece of shit because she used a dead girl's name to get a PS five. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. Uh, this this whole alt right exposing feminist movement thing has not turned out real well in 2021. So, oh, Anita Sarkeesian's no, back in the news People are paying too. attention too much. Yeah, no, that's what's happening now. People are paying more attention, and they're not just they're not just letting people like tell them how to live their fucking lives. Like, you, do whatever the fuck you want with your own life. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Don't tell me I have to do something or I have to think something or I have to be something. Live your fucking life and be happy. And I will support you 100%. The second you start throwing that shit in my face, we got issues. I don't care if I agree with you or if I don't agree with you. Do not make me fucking do something that I don't want to do. <laughs> dude, I'm with you all the way on that one. I'm, And I, dude, I, I, from the beginning of our podcast, it's something that I've said repeatedly. Don't make my entire fucking night about it. Right. Exactly. I don't know. And <laughs> I did notice that the the quartering did put pronouns in his Twitter, which I thought was 
weird. I don't know. You never know if he's do if these people are doing it for irony purposes or if they're just doing it so that maybe they can maybe they can get some kind of uh, leverage. Look, I don't ask I don't, questions. People don't people a, in the in those in those circles are very eccentric when it comes to their methodology. No, for sure. I, I don't look. I don't have a problem with people using different pronouns. I just don't. But don't come at me because I got them wrong and because I didn't ask you. That's not something I'm going. I'm just not going around asking people. Oh, what's your pronouns? What do you do? I identi- do you identify as a black person or a white person? Do you do you, uh, like I'm not going to get your whole fucking life story before I start a conversation with you. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> That's my mantra, dude. Don't make my fucking night about it. Right. <laughs> Again, explain yourself and move on. If you're not here to have fun and you're here to get pissed off, then leave. I don't want any of that fucking negative energy in my in any event that i'm a part of or that i'm running especially if i'm running if i'm a part of it i'll just fucking leave and you can go be you know be a pissant about it things on your own i i'm i'm absolutely fine with divorcing myself from a situation when i'm not when i don't have any creative control over it but when it comes to fucking if i'm running shit and you're getting and you're flipping the fuck out about somebody in, in, in or myself accidentally saying something that might might have might offend you in that regard First of all, how the fuck did you get in my friend circle? Because <laughs> most of my fucking friends have thick skin and we, and we know each other's tolerance levels because we've been testing them for the past fucking 20 years. Mm-hmm. That being said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've had 20 years of just bullying each other. <laughs> yeah. We, we've been BSing with each other so goddamn much. It's like it would take me effort to try and press the buttons necessary to get somebody to be legitimately angry with me. Like none of us are made of none of us are made of fucking paper mache here. You don't poke a finger through me and I fucking puncture. If you poke me, I'm gonna punch you. The the amount of bullying we do, we've done to each other at this point would look like we're trying to get some one of us to commit suicide at this point. Well, I mean, considering what the, the considering the role playing games that we were a part of, it what, we were all <laughs> we were all probably close to that, anyways. Oh, I, I guess I have to put the disclaimer in. I do not think suicide is a joke. No, no, we're not Danny DeVito. We can't pull so, that shit off like he did in uh, there, it, it Always Sunny. I mean, okay, I'll make jokes about whatever, but no, do not construe this as I'm okay, and I think it's hilarious when people kill themselves. I do not. <laughs> so no, the, um, the, though the, though the Darwin Awards website does exist, and it is for amusement. Uh, the, the 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 concept of in general of kill, of offing oneself is is a tragic experience, and the people who do it generally are either me- have mental issues or have, have given to despair, and that's very sad. Now that we you know when pe- we we've brought everything down, because like like Phil says, we want to make sure people don't know what kind of what, what pills they need to take. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, anyway. I think I've lost I've, over the years. I think I've lost two people to suicide. I uh, got uh, it wasn't like two of my own. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was. They were super close to me. They weren't. They were like close, but not that close to me. Um, one was a family member for me, and the other one was a fan was a family friend. So yeah. one was much closer than the other, but both again sucked. Yeah. Uh. All right. Uh, now, you want to do your rant about Star Wars? Down. Let's get back to where we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to segue back into the Star Wars bullshit. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you got your little rant. Let's have it. <laughs> All 
All right. I just want to say this because it's the most unpopular fucking opinion apparently going around, and I'm going to fucking say it. I made an actual, like, diatribe of this, uh, like, a year or two ago. I had no problem with the new trilogy. No, I, I didn't had either. I had... <laughs> I'm apparently SJW for that or something. I don't fucking know. I had no... I, I, I enjoyed it. I had no problem with it. Go ahead. No, I, I enjoyed it because it was Star Wars. I didn't critically, like, put myself in the, like, let's critique everything about these movies mindset. I honestly enjoyed them because they were Star Wars. But just like Pokemon, like, I'm allowed, you're allowed to enjoy what you enjoy. Now, did I harass people and make fun of people, like, that were complaining about the movie? No. I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit. I constantly told them, why do you hate Star Wars? But in all honesty, you're, you're allowed to like what you like and not like what you don't like. But I didn't I didn't come up with some SJW fucking reason for it. I wasn't all like, yeah, raise a feminist girls win. Yeah, like that, that didn't even cross my fucking mind. <laughs> that, that's the problem with that kind of shit is people are always looking for something to to complain about. But with regards to the new trilogy, the people who are pissed off, I absolutely empathize with them. Because what ended up happening with Disney was Disney went and said, fuck it. We're not touching any of the extended universe because there are too many different authors that we would have to get permission from and pay to use any of their properties to be able to integrate the, the, the extended universe into what we're trying to do. So when they went and announced that the extended universe is being completely divorced from what, from their, from the, the, the I guess they're calling it the, uh, I don't fucking remember. It was some stupid name, but it was called yeah. the Disney universe. They pissed off an entire fucking fandom of people who've been following the extended universe for a very long time. So I absolutely empathize with those people that they got shit on by, by the company who owns star Wars. But let's be perfectly honest. If you want to blame anybody for it, you need only look to Mr. Lucas himself who handed mm -hmm. the fucking reins over assuming that a large business was going to take his creative creative property and attempt to an attempt to try and do its service. They weren't going to, they were going to cater to the lowest common denominator, like any good large conglomerate is going to do who deals in entertainment. Yeah, I'm sorry. Second, I'm just going to say it. The I blame the second Lucas for this. I'm not going to blame Disney. Disney's yeah. Disney's operating exactly the way Disney operates. What the fuck are you expecting him to do? It's a, no. a fish is a fish, dude. It's swimming the, in the fucking the second, ocean. The second Lucas sold it to Disney, to sold it to a company, it became less about the fans and more about the money. And that, that's really what it comes down to because Lucas, like the whole reason he allowed the fan fiction and the extended universe to happen was because it was supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be, this is our universe. Let's build it together. Where Disney's like, no, now we control it. This is what we're doing. Like... They did good with Rogue One. Rogue One is the pinnacle of Star Wars movies right now. And I can agree with that. But it is literally the setup for New Hope. So what happens is, is now this is a finite movie. This can't go anywhere. Like, you're done with this. And then you screw up Solo and you, do, you bring it back with Mandalorian. And then you get sucked in the politics and just fucking destroy your universe all over again. Like, you were on the right path when you put out Mandalorian, when you announced Ahsoka Tano happening, when you announced uh, Boba Fett uh, like 
going on with the Mandalorian part of it. Like you did good with that, but then you destroyed it when people were like, yes, use Gina Carano's character. This character was just now created. We want to know more about her. And you said, fuck you politics. My only problem with rogue one is they completely threw out the Kyle Katarn, uh, uh, storyline in favor of something else. The characters were fine. I actually liked all the characters, but when you go, when you take it and put it against the original uh, storyline, it it definitely takes away again from the from the original extended universe version of things. That's one of the major headaches for a lot of people. It's just like you had all of that material to work with, but like I said before, if they don't have access to all of the authors and all of the fucking comic artists and all that shit who they had, they would have to pay royalties to, to use their work. It's, it's something that they, they absolutely don't want to fucking deal with. And I don't know how far that goes for legality purposes, or maybe they just wanted to completely shoot it in the foot. I don't know. I think Lucas's intention when he handed the reins off to Disney was I am going to, I am not going to live forever. And I want my property and all of my works to live on beyond me. But in that, in that mindset, he ended up being blinded, not realizing that he wouldn't have needed to do that. All he would have had to do was let the fucking property lapse into public domain. And all of that shit would have just spiraled off into the cosmos and would have been much more mm. well suited to a larger, broader demographic of artists and authors and fiction writers. Instead of letting a big heartless fucking corporation take the reins of it and drive it directly into the fucking ground yes rogue one was a good narrative and i have no problems with it especially towards the end of the movie with the fucking darth vader scene it was fucking epic and right. as far as uh, from what i've heard the mandalorian was amazing cara dune was supposed to be a really cool character and the fact that they did that to Karana was just bullshit mm -hmm. and all of the fucking memos and shit that were popping up from behind the scenes it it was it was a foregone conclusion they were they were trying to edge her out for for her for her obvious political viewpoints the character was but created she, for gina carano like john favre when he was writing mandalorian he like he had her in mind she didn't have to audition she went to her and said do you want to be in a, a star wars show we have a character for you like he specifically created Cara Dune for her so he the first time when she got into that shit about the the pronouns on Twitter like he tried to protect her and then all of a sudden like this one comes out and now like she's immediately out but at that point they were already trying to get her out because of the whole fucking pronoun thing and all she was doing was cracking a joke like we can't make jokes about that shit like Oh my god! It, no, not is, anymore. Apparently, well, again, Rogan Joe, just got in trouble we're, for we're this. In a post, we're in a post-joke world, Jason. Don't you know? Yeah. Well, Joe Rogan just got in trouble for the same shit. And I just watched the video from. I keep saying the quartering, and quartering is probably. I don't want to be labeled alt right, guys. I'm not alt right. Okay. All right. I'm not alt right. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to keep kowtowing to that one dude. He blocked you. You don't longer have to worry about him listening to your podcast. So calm down. Who, Derek? Oh, I wasn't even talking about that. I was just talking in general. Fuck that asshole. <laughs> if I see him, I'll just etch another shitty tattoo on his leg. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to drink, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> uh, no, because everyone says Cording's alt-right, and I don't think he is either. I, I don't even think he's conservative for the most part. I just think he's a logical-thinking dude. Um... 
he, he okay so he was talking about joe rogan and joe rogan was cracking jokes with uh jim bauer now you know jim bauer like comedian uh jim bauer and jim brewer 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 yeah brewer and they were cracking yeah, jokes so. they were cracking jokes about uh trans people and um saying that like you can't crack certain jokes because they're like an untouchable class like and it makes no sense because it's like the people you want to have a conversation with you can't have a conversation with because the second you do then you get canceled for it and it's funny because the people freaked out on rogan just literally proving his point that it's now you've now created a protected class and the second you create a protected class it just breeds hate <laughs> Oh. You ever want to talk about the trans the, the trans agenda? Bring Tara back on. She'll have a fucking segment and a half for you. Nah, <laughs> I mean she can come back, but I don't <laughs> want to talk about trans agenda. <laughs> I don't know. I just the, the whole trans LG. It's mostly trans. I don't know if you noticed lately. It's no longer really LGBTQ stuff. I mean the pronoun things is still kind of around and stuff like that, but it's mostly pushing trans. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've picked up on it in the last like six months it's literally been about the trans community and a lot of the people arguing stuff are not even from the trans community. And a lot of the people that are in the trans community don't agree with the half the shit that's being said. Like why? Like they're like, just stay out of it. <laughs> like you're making it worse. <laughs> that's because they have this weird viewpoint that every person who's trans has the same political and ideological ideals that they have not realizing that every person's an individual and they're going to think for themselves. Right. Again, that 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 group think thing is very much prevalent in that situation. I don't know. I liked. I okay. So let's go back to Star Wars. I liked what Star Wars was doing. I hate what they're becoming now. And in all honesty, like I'll still like Star Wars, but I have no incentive to further go along with what Disney's producing. Let's put it that way. I'll stick to what's out, and then I don't need to progress any further than that. When it comes down to the the new trilogy, every movie I've I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy the third movie as much as the first two. I actually loved the second one because of the subversive nature of it. Because I was so goddamn tired of the meat and potatoes, you know, good versus evil trope that had been driven into the fucking ground in the past the past trilogies. That it was just nice to see them just go and you know flip the script and be like well you know ray ray wasn't anybody ray ray just you know what was a uh an anomaly in the force she was she had no for she had no force generation she just kind of appeared out of nowhere and her parents were nobodies they were drunks right and you know that that, that anybody can be can be fluent in the force and create and actually going against a lot of the you know the preconceived notions that the the Jedi's had set forth and all this other bullshit that, that, that they'd put out. Like if they had gone with that on the, in the third movie and brought it to its logical fucking conclusion, instead of shoehorning the whole Palpatine bullshit back in because they were scared, the fucking fan base was going to rage out because they were going in a direction that was completely different. You had the balls to stay on the fucking path you were going on and run it into its fucking logical conclusion, I guarantee you, you would have had a lot more hangers on going. It was subversive, but at least all of the, the fucking sci-fi, you know, checkmarked boxes were all there. I would have been fine with that. I didn't even care about the fucking, the fucking, uh, the, the purple haired, uh, general that everyone was bitching about. Like, Rasmus? I think her name was Holdo. And like, I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. No, like no. oh, you, yeah, you want to fucking the... personify her as as the you know 
the 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 fucking avatar for SJWness. You go ahead and do that. But I don't think it had anything to any. I don't think it affected that narrative in any meaningful way beyond the fact that it created a polarization point for people to be pissed off. She took, Again, but see, how does I don't understand how that becomes SJW. Okay, you have Leia Organa who who becomes the captain of the Rebel fleet. Luke is gone. Like Luke's gone. So the only other logical person is to take the princess who's been fighting for you the whole time. So now she's in charge, right? So Leia Organa takes over. You have all these other generals. Her right-hand person is, uh, who'd you just say? I forgot her name. Well, it was Poe Dameron first, and then... But Poe um, is just a, uh, a pilot. Yeah, but he was actually uh, he was actually in her inner circle. Right, and then but he she wasn't the bombing going to... Bullshit. Right, she wasn't going to pass it along to Holdo, him. She Holdo was the next... was the other person. Who was it? Holdo. Holdo, yeah, she was the next person in line because she was the literal strategist for the fleet. So I don't understand how it becomes an SJW thing because it's a female. Like, who do, like, why did that? Why does it matter what sex they are if if by story they're the next logical person to take it? Like, why does it have to be an SJW type thing? Like, I don't understand it. Like, I I don't get it. it. When it okay, so there's multiple sides to this. One part of it is is because Admiral Akbar was still with them at that point, and that would in, in logically he should have had a more prominent role in it because of his historical nature within this within the Star Wars uh, mythos. Holdo was I I've never yeah, heard did, of Holdo. Akbar, Akbar fell into a movie. trap though. What? Akbar fell into a trap. Dude, he died off screen. They didn't even give him a good fucking death. No, no. What I'm and saying, I'll, I'll, and I'm not I'll saying the in the movie. In the world on that one, that, they should have given him a better death than what they gave him. No, no. I'm not saying in the movie. I'm saying in his original appearance as Akbar. Like when you first meet Akbar, he got caught by the like he got caught out like with his pants down by the Imperium. So like and he still survived. Right, he survived, but his fleet didn't. So I mean, they were pretty ragtag to begin with, so I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. It's like if you look at the story logic-wise and like how how they they like they prep up. Um, fuck, I forgot her name. Hold, Holdo. Yeah, Holdo. As the way they prepped her up and they like they put her out as like some amazing strategist, and then like obviously her knowing what Leia was trying to do and stuff like that, like there was no reason for her not to become the next in line. And I understand that. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, they view the, the people, the, the, the people who were more purist were angry about that. The people who didn't like her character because they felt she was a henpecking nursemaid character with regards to uh, Poe Dameron and all that other stuff, they, they felt like she was there to create some kind of, some kind of artificial friction to 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 uh, stop Poe to rein Poe in when it, all it was really doing was and it even Steven said it at the end of the fucking movie it was like they both her and and Leia were talking about it's like he's gonna be a great leader one day they know yeah. he has potential and they've said it and they say as such but it doesn't matter because most people just ready. thought of her as a character that was it was an embodiment of an of something that they felt was prevalent and pervading in the storyline as a whole. Yeah. I don't like, again, I, I'm, I'm going by what I've talked to other people about because I've gone back and forth with other people. And the problem is 
as I've stated it before, I'm like, if you were angry because you were an EU individual and they fucked you over, you have my absolute sympathy that they fucked you over. They, I absolutely I never, understand that you should be angry as fuck that they did that because they've taken everything that you have relied on, fucking libraries full of uh, full of books, comic books, fucking TV shows, cartoons, all that other shit, and they've just thrown them off to the side to create a separate fucking a branching storyline that has nothing to do with what you remember. So those people, I absolutely empathize empathize with them, but I don't feel compelled to go out of my way and hate something if it's just a popcorn flick to me. Like right. for me, I never read any of the extended universe shit nope. except for like one or two books. And the information I have about a lot of this stuff is secondhand knowledge from like the uh, the Star Wars encyclopedia that I had that had a lot of the uh, th that you know information about characters and you know starships and stuff like that. But like that's as far as it goes. And obviously, you know the 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 card game, but that that was a separate thing. But like if yeah. out of the if you're if you're gonna put me on the spot and ask me out of the three trilogies which one I which one which ones that I liked, my first one would obviously be the original trilogy because I don't see why anybody wouldn't put that first and first and foremost. Right. But like. I, I like the, I, I like the newest trilogy more than I like the fucking new, uh, the fucking new trilogy that Lucas put out. Episodes one, two and three were a fucking headache to, to watch through. And on repeated watches, I hated them even more because I felt like the things that Lucas wanted to do with his character development was completely fucking shot in the foot because the fandom and the fucking me popular media was shitting on him for all the creative directions he was taking. And yes, I understand that Lucas is kind of a head in the clouds kind of person, and I don't want to give him all of the credence or give him some kind of like you know deity status because again, he's a, he's a human being like anybody else. But like when, when you know the thing with Jar Jar Binks, like if they had if he had gone with his original idea of making Jar Jar a secret Sith instead of leaving him being this bumbling fucking co comic <laughs> relief that they ended up shooting off to the side as quickly as possible. It would have, I think it would have been a much better narrative and definitely would have been a nice, you know, add on to, to Palpatine and everything going on in the background with that. But again, I felt like he, he was hobbled by popular opinion of things rather than just writing what he fucking wanted and letting everything play out the way it did. Because he, when you're playing with money like that, you, you feel like you need to constantly keep hitting for the sure, the sure things. And he played safe on a lot of stuff rather than being more experimental when the original fucking trilogy was all experimental shit that he had taken hodgepodge from scientific tropes or sci-fi tropes in the first place. Yeah. So he, he definitely made a plain fucking donut when it comes to, you know, the Phantom Menace uh, and the, and the Clone Wars and all that other shit. I have to say though, like you didn't like, you hate them more and more, the more you rewatch them. The more and more I rewatch the, um, hold on. <laughs> oh, hope that wasn't too loud. Um, the more and more I watch like Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, and Attack. Um, is it Attack? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. The more and more I watch those three, the more and more I enjoy them. It's well, weird. damn, good for you, dude. Well, I'm just saying, like, there's still something like I hate Jar Jar. I will always hate Jar Jar. But if you look at if without without the Clone Wars movie, you don't have the Clone Wars cartoon. 
which is fine. But when you contrast the fact that you needed to watch the cartoon to understand the things that were occurring in the fucking third installation. Yeah, but like, the cartoon if you didn't was watch what, any of the cartoons, you didn't even know who General Grievous was. True. That's you, the problem. You only had Maul and Dooku. And you don't find out what happens to Maul technically until the end of Solo. And even at the end of Solo, you still don't know how he dies or what happens to him. Yeah. And that's one of the major headaches for a lot of people. It's like if you're trying when you create a self-contained three hour fucking movie, three hour plus movie that is supposed to have a narrative that people are supposed to follow. And you put characters that nobody knows who the fuck they are. And I'm not saying in general, because, again, with the Phantom Menace, no one knew who Qui-Gon Jinn was, but they knew who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. So they had a grabbing point for that. And when Anakin was introduced, they had a grabbing point for that. They had enough there for people to grab onto to be able to understand that the the beginning narrative was something that they could follow. When right. you hit the third one and like General Grievous is doing this, like who the fuck is General Grievous and why do I care about him? And like, oh, you didn't watch the Clone Wars? I don't give a fuck about the cartoon. I just right. wanted to watch the fucking movie. Why do I have to watch an entire cartoon <laughs> series to know who any of these fucking people are? Well, just like Mandalorian, you had to go back and watch some of the stuff to realize who um, Bo-Katan was. I, I get there, that. There were people and, who were and, watching Mandalorian that had no idea who Bo-Katan was. And I get that part. But that's also a TV show where you can stop the show and go look that shit up if you need to. In right. a fucking movie, you're not really given that option. Right. If you're true. watching it in the theaters, like if you're fr if you're fresh watching these movies in the theaters when they first came out, if you didn't watch the Clone Wars cartoon, who the fuck are these people? That's true. It's like you have all you have is Obi Wan Kenobi to glom onto and Yoda, and Anakin, and most people they didn't enjoy fucking Anakin in any meaningful capacity. Like as far as I'm concerned, there is not a single person who enjoyed Hayden Christensen in the two movies he was in. And if I heard correctly, they, the, the fucking fans and the, and media had shit on the on young Anakin Skywalker so bad that mm -hmm. he got fucking had mental issues later on in life. Yeah. Like hey. that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that's why I don't understand like critics. Like I just don't get it. Like anytime I, I watch a movie that the critics are like, this movie sucks. I end up enjoying it. And I just don't get why, like, why they shit on it so much when it's literally like, it's a piece of art. You can't just critique it and then have it flop at the box office. You, you, you can't do that. <laughs> I don't know. And I get that, but, but, but the problem ends up being is that it, it, it's a, it being a critic like that is a, it's a, it's a mark of cynicism that they have to take on. It's a mantle that they have to take on. They're, they're motivated to, inch by inch analyze something to the point where it loses, it, it loses significant meaning. And I've as I've watched stuff like, you know, Ebert and Ro Ebert and, and uh, Roper and Siskel and fucking Bob Chipman eventually at some point, like I realize this is like when, if you're a cinephile and you become a critic, prepare to be the most hated human being on the fucking planet. Because your average nine to fiver who goes in and watches these popcorn flicks is not going to be as fucking jaded and jaundiced about it as you are. You're just not. That's why I would never want to be a critic. Like, at the very least, with a lot of the smaller YouTubers who you know watch movies and give their give their th their uh, two cents about stuff, I can under I, I still value that opinion. 
but I don't think that they realize that how how much people get pissed off because it's like I, I I watch Bob Chipman's coverage of uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness. And then I, I like it actually turned me off so badly that I ref- I, I, I flat out wanted I flat out refused to watch it. And my wife had to drag me to the fucking show and I ended up enjoying it. It wasn't Star Trek, but it was a great right. sci fi movie. <laughs> no, really, was like into, I, like the, into, those, was, those kind of things. It's just like I can if, if, if these are the newest iterations of something, then I'm going to look at it from from that perspective going forward. I'm going in with no expectations. So that way I don't have to feel like I need to hold up a standard or carry a torch for a fucking franchise that honestly, I don't really give a fuck about when it comes down, comes down to brass tacks anyways. Was, um, into the darkness, the Romulans one. No, um, it was the, uh, 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 it was the con one. It was, uh, uh, it was a Benedict Cumberbatch as a young con union Singh. I don't think I saw that one then. Yeah, and they had the su- and they had the super uh, st- starship with uh, that, that's supposed to be really powerful. I mean, again, I, I didn't look at it as a uh, as a Star Trek, or I looked at it as an alternative reality Star Trek. It, again, I wasn't. I, I was fine with it being its own standalone thing because it wasn't going to affect anything outside of that. At least with with Star Wars, what they did, what they 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 flicked a lit cigarette in the eyes of the, the extended universe fans, and that's where I had my problem with it. But what they offered was decent enough for me to go and watch it, and subsequently watch the first, watch all three movies twice. I can't even say that about about Lucas's second trilogy. Like I. The only I watched parts of it because there were parts that were really good, like the fight scenes were fucking amazing. Yep. As far as like the lightsaber battles, like the 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 starship battles were meh, but like they were just fucking meh. It was all his overuse of CGI in in the newer in his newer trilogy was absolutely just fucking overwhelming <laughs> to the point where I felt completely divorced from what they were trying to accomplish. But like the hands on like Jedi battles, those were fucking amazing. Yeah, no, even the stuff with uh, Django Fett and all that—that that was actually pretty cool. But like when you look at all the green screening and shit that they did, it, it definitely takes you out of what what was trying to be accomplished. Practical effects have that have their use, and I feel like if you can't find a good balance between the two, you you come to a very weird de- de- detachment from what what's trying to be told at that point. And honestly. I agree with a lot of people who thought Kylo Ren should have been written better. I agree with a lot of that stuff, but like what was there, especially Kylo Ren in the second movie, like he's a tortured character and was continually tortured throughout the entire fucking three movies. Like him dying was very much like at the end of all that, just like, really? Like dude turns to the light side. And is that, is that the only reward people get from turning for turning from the dark side is to fucking die. Die. Yeah. (laughs) It's like Darth Vader turns to the light side, dies. Great, wonderful. Kylo Ren turns to the light side, has a slightly okay lightsaber battle, you know, with with the Knights of Ren for a bit. Fucking See, dies think... after after performing force sensitivity fucking uh, defibrillator action on uh, on Ray. I don't think. Um... 
like Kylo and Vader when they quote unquote turn to the light side. I don't think that's that's what they're going for, because technically they're still dark side. Remember, the light side doesn't believe in attachments or anything like that. Vader still holds on to Luke being his kid. Like Kylo still holds on to um like his parents and stuff like that. Like even like all of his mistakes. Kylo holds on to all of that. So it's like I don't know necessarily know if it's him becoming the light side or if it's him just letting his feelings come out and become not necessarily becoming light side, but still still dark side, but just having a moment of like feeling good about himself. Well, I mean, if you look at it, 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 people were speculating whether Han Solo appearing to him was either a hallucination or if he was actually a force, a, a force ghost of some kind. Because he technically was a he was if you go by the extended universe, Han did have some force sensitivity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't massive, obviously, but because of the connection with Kylo Ren, he might have manifested in that regard, or maybe done so. Again, I'm not going to speculate on that kind of stuff. Right. But like that that push back from the brink from the original uh, uh, Force Awakens or not Force Awakens? Uh, shit. Uh, yeah, I guess that is what it's called. Yeah, it's the the for, first the first yeah. movie I think it was called Force Awakens, right? Yeah, it was Force Awakens, and then it was um, Last Jedi, and then, Last Jedi uh, and then Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The names, fucking names. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like it was kind of it, it. It felt like a like a repeat of the bridge scene when he was with Han the first time. It's like he got to he got a second chance to be able to you know, take the lightsaber and chuck it over and try and make it make life better, try and make things better after he'd fucking made them so bad. He had he had his Vader moment. Remember, all he was trying to do was be Vader. He had his Vader moment when Vader turned on Palpatine. That was Kylo turning on Snoke. The problem with it was, is that in if, if you look at the way the Sith operate, that was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, Sith are eventually supposed to supposed to over the apprentice is supposed to kill the the master eventually. Right, that's that's built into the way their their philosophy functions. There should always be a there. It's the rule of two. There should always be a master and an apprentice. But there's three. If you ever notice, there's always three. But the people who are there, there can always be force sensitive individuals who are Sith operatives. Who aren't the the apprentice or the or the master in that regard? There isn't always a th- when when you look at the way it was. If you if you go back into like the the old republic and the way the uh, the, the Sith dictate dictates were placed, the reasoning behind it was is they'd rather have one person that they can focus on than have a bunch of different people that they have to worry about. It's it's basically just time management or or personnel management if you look at it from a from a perspective that's Mm -hmm. why in most cases when when another person rises up who ends up being force sensitive and powerful there will always be this clash between that person and the the current apprentice if the apprentice dies to that hand that person's hand well guess what now now the master is a new apprentice he has to train 
and then that person will eventually over overtake but, him. But look at but in the, but look at the Vader first... killing Palpatine. There's there was precedent set that it was just never going to occur because Vader Vader went and killed every person who was supposed to be the favorite of Palpatine outside of him. And it did so even at the point where Palpatine was disgusted with what Vader did because it was starting to affect his plans in a way that was very much <laughs> on a more uh, galaxy-wide scale. So yeah, but look at look yeah, at the if, but if you look, look at, at the it, first it, three movies, that, if you not the first three, if you look at like the Phantom Phantom Menace era movies, there's always three. It's Palpatine, who's technically the the leader of the Sith. Dooku and uh, Darth Maul. Darth Maul dies, technically. Doesn't actually die by the time you figure out what Clone Wars happens. He trains his brother. So now you have four. Dooku's still around. Dooku finally is out of the picture, and then you got Anakin. So now you st you have... Um, and then technically Whisper for a little bit was there. But you have Palpatine, Anakin who turns into Vader, Maul is still alive, and then Whisper gets eaten up by the witches. Well, she goes back home, and they kind of fuck with her. So you have three right there. And then when you go to the new ones, you don't have... You technically have three again. The only time you don't have three is Palpatine Vader, when it's just Palpatine Vader, and that was because Vader killed everybody else. But when the you go... When you get to Force of Weekend, you go... The third person in the background usually has been discarded by Palpatine at that point. Because if you right. look at the way Palpatine functions, he's very arrogant in the way that he he sets his plans up. So those people, if they've quote-unquote been defeated, he usually will discard them at that point and they're no longer his apprentice. Right. Mainly if they either die or because they've been defeated in some way. Not always the case. As far as Dooku was concerned, if you look at the extended universe, he even stated that Dooku was never going to be his apprentice. He was he was lying to Dooku from the beginning. And that's one of the things that is is put into sharp relief. If you and this is me digging into the extended universe, obviously. But um, when you look at the, if you look at Dooku's face, when uh, uh, Senator Pal at that point, Senator Palpatine tells uh, Anakin to kill him, he, he's surprised because as far as he knew, Palpatine wasn't going to do that to him. Right. So no, he wasn't his apprentice at all. He was just a, he was just a, he, he was just an individual who was an, a contact in the Jedi Council that he could use to manipulate things from the background without having to uh, take too much get too much heat on him for doing things. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. The more and more you hear about Star Wars, the more and more you hear the fucking fanboys yelling for Darth Revenant. Or Darth Revan. Uh, they want Old Republic stuff. That would be kind of fun, but uh, again, I mean, it's already been done in right. video game form. I don't know what you want. Right, exactly. They want him in the movies, Darth Revan. Yeah, Darth Revan, cool. <laughs> I, don't Look, I don't understand the pull of Darth Revan. Like, the game was cool. It was a lot of fun, but... <laughs> yeah. Going back to the whole fanboy thing, like I had one person that I went back and forth with for like three fucking days. Oh, Not geez. consistent, obviously, but like on Discord, yeah. <laughs> I was going back and forth with him because I posted my statement about 
about the, the the newer trilogy and he's just like well what you know they didn't do a good job i'm like sure there were things that weren't good about it but if you look at him from the fact that they're sci-fi movies i had no expectations going in, in the first place mm -hmm. well what about this i'm like i stated to you that i had that i was completely empathetic with the extended universe people if they were angry with this well it's like dude you're getting angry at me for agreeing with you because I'm not agreeing with you correctly. I don't know what the fuck you want me to say. <laughs> no, really, that was the fucking problem. It's like they want me to be like this fucking, you know, torch bearing you know, mob mentality kind of individuals like, yeah, I fucking hate it. I'm like, dude, cinema now is flawed. I'm happy if I get a fucking movie that actually has any kind of intrinsic value anymore because the people who are writing them Seriously. don't know what the fuck they're doing because their <laughs> mentality isn't I want to do things good for do right by the fans. It's I want to make money and reach as many people as humanly possible, which is fucking flawed. Yeah, I, that's why I have a problem with the comic book movies. As much as I, the, I enjoy them, that's the whole reason I have a problem with them. And, I, and I'm with you all the way, especially with DC. DC was a fucking joke. And in the most of the people I hear talking about the Snyder cut when it did fix some things, but overall the movie didn't do enough to, to be able to res resuscitate an already flagging a fucking cinematic failure. It, it was okay. It may, it turned, it turned a bad movie into an okay movie. We're not getting Affleck as Batman again. I'm sorry. I know people want to believe that. No, but I it's fucking, fucking no. <laughs> I hate Ben Affleck. I, I hate that man. <laughs> wow. All right. I know if your only excuse, this is, this is how people try to get me to watch. And I still have not watched Batman versus Superman. This is how they tried to get me to watch it. Ben Affleck was the only good thing in the movie. I said, right. What does that tell you? I think any person <laughs> who took on the mantle of Batman, who wasn't Christian Bale, was behind the fucking eight ball or Michael. I don't even Keaton. think. I don't even Those think the Christian Bale really was even Batman that that existed in the history. I don't even think Christian Bale was that good. The only reason Christian Bale was good was because of Heath Ledger made that entire series look ungodly. Well, yeah, there there are people who I've heard on YouTube have stated like, if you look at the Nolan trilogy. It's literally a, a fucking Chad and his hanger on friends. And the Chad is just so awesome that it uh, it unjustifiably lifts up the other two friends into a, a godlike status that they didn't deserve. Mm -hmm. That was Batman Begins and the Dark Knight Rises versus the Dark Knight. Yep. And that's exactly how I feel about it. Like, I'm not even trying to like shit on it, but like, I don't think Christian Bale, like when Christian Bale with his stupid voice I was like, oh, come on, we're doing this again. And then all of a sudden Dark Knight happened and you're like, dude, these are the best movies I've ever seen. But if you look at them objectively compared to some of the other ones, I would take the original Batman. Uh, Batman, not Batman Returns. What was the second one? Was that Returns? That was Returns. The one with Danny DeVito, yeah. Yeah. The original Batman, Batman Returns, and then Dark Knight. Those are my top three Batman movies. Fair enough. And th that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And it's like for no, like, and I would even say Clooney was a better Batman than Christian Bale. I mean, for at that point, then he'd be better than Val Kilmer too. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll give him that too. 
<laughs> I'll give him that too. But uh, Christian Bale literally, I don't know the the way. Um, George Clooney portrayed Batman, and the way Michael Keaton portrayed Batman, and shit, even parts of the way Val Kilmer portrayed Batman. Like, there is just like this aura about them, where the way Christian Bale, maybe not portrayed, but maybe the way it was directed. We'll go with that. The way it was directed. It didn't it gave him more of that party playboy asshole feel where Keaton Kilmer and Clooney played the high class, classy style Batman. I could see that, yeah. So especially with especially with Keaton, because Keaton, if you right. looked at a lot of the set the settings and his you know, his penthouse suite and Wayne Manor, he definitely has more of an air of aristocracy versus a lot of that stuff. Whereas with like Christian Bale, you definitely have this, you know, beleaguered fucking trust fund kid kind of a, a kind of viewpoint. And it's even even like Batman Begins, you definitely have that. But it's supposed to be that way because he's coming up at that point. It's the beginning of the character. So like when you have that kind of thing where he's actually developing the persona of Bruce Wayne as a cover for all of the things that he does, it's very much, I think, and also I think a lot of his um, American psycho uh, experience kind of bled into the way he views yep. high society. So like yep. that actually kind of came through in a lot of the, you know, the, the more, uh, the more mundane aspects of Bruce Wayne for Christian Bale's portrayal, at least as far as I could tell, obviously without know. the chainsaws. I like <laughs> I liked the humble rich guy that could beat your ass. And that's what, that's what Clooney and kill and um, Keaton and Kilmer all played. They were the humble rich guy, the guy who didn't want to have the money, but has the money and is only using it to fight crime with it. Where Christian Bale was, I'm blowing all of my money on stupid shit and I'm going to play an asshole in real life. And then I'm going to be an asshole at night to villains. Like <laughs> that's how, that's how it came off to me. I don't know. I like. I don't have a problem with Christian Bale. I like a, a lot of his work. I just do not like him as Batman. And honestly, the only reason I like those movies was literally because of uh, Heath Ledger. I will give it to you. This, uh, at least as far as what I've seen of uh, Affleck's character, he seems very much like a very beleaguered store manager just trying to keep shit together. And just has a, gr a surplus of cash on the side that he just doesn't tell anybody about. So it creates a, a Bruce Wayne that doesn't have anywhere near the level of energy that the other ones do. I think that he would make a really interesting old man Bruce mm -mm. in that regard. If you're going to go Batman Bruce Beyond, more... I want Keaton. Oh, well, either. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes more sense if you want to go with that. But I'm talking about, um, God, I can't remember what it was what the, that one animated one was called. Uh, the one where they had the female Robin. You remember that comic? Female Robin. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up now because it's going to piss me off if I don't know. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I know Batgirl was there. But Batgirl never put it's, on the it, Robin it, costume. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Uh, 
Are you talking about like, the futuristic Batman? Because that that one's Batman Beyond, where he no, finds no, no, the kid in high school no. and gives him all of the extra like cool gadgets. Uh, no, no. Uh, the the female Robin's name was uh, Carrie Kelly, and she was in uh, uh, she was in a, it was a it was an alternate universe version. And I'm trying to remember the uh, the series that she was a part of, but like it, the the they actually it was she's from Earth 31. Uh, she and there's an old man Bruce that worked that, that's basically taken her on. This is after Dick and everyone's kind of gone off and done their own thing. But this is before this would be before um, uh, when Terry McGinnis comes in. Uh, uh, yeah, she. But it's not about her specifically, but like. I think Affleck would make a good older Bruce Wayne where he's kind of jaded and he's been doing this for too goddamn long. It, it just before it would be like the apex, like if like 10, like, like five or 10 years before he hands the mantle off to McGinnis at that point, kind of more dystopian, like it would work better for him because that cynicism works very well. And Affleck plays cynic very, very effectively in that regard. But when it came to justice league, like I didn't feel any of that fucking energy from the character. I and I think, I think, I think, I think Batfleck did an okay job, but like, I wouldn't like when you put him up against like Jared Leto, like, Oh my God, that Joker character. I just didn't enjoy him. They're bringing back Leto. I heard they're doing another like Joker movie and they're bringing back Leto and he's supposed to be playing a different Joker. I hate when they do that. I hate when they keep revamping these characters and have some vain hope that they're going to retain anything. It's because the Joker sells. The Joker sells and they know the Joker sells. That's why they keep rehashing the Joker. I'm telling you, after Dark Knight, they should have left the Joker alone. You have so many other good villains in the Batman universe you need to leave the Joker alone now. Well, when you look at every, when you look at Cesar Romero and fucking, uh, um, Heath Ledger, and you look at, um, and I'm going to forget his real name because I'm just losing my mind. Mark Hamill. They were the epitome, in my opinion, of different facets of Joker. Even fucking, uh, 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 Jack Nicholson did a great job. Like if you look at the way, and a lot of people talk about it, like they, they, they cover different aspects of what Joker was supposed to be. It's very difficult to go and swing around. Like Phil is Phil like loved Leto's Joker because he looks at him and because the way, the way the character is constructed, it's supposed to be, um, uh, it's not supposed to be Joker proper. It, uh, um, it's supposed to be, uh, the former Robin, uh, is Tim Drake, I think. So it's not it's it's a personification, but it isn't directly a Joker thing. If they just stuck with that shit, and and not instead of doing another 180 and some vain attempt to try and salvage sales, I think it would have been much more effective at that point. Especially with uh, the Harley Quinn they've got and everything, go for it. Fucking run screaming into the hills with that. I mean, I love the character. Everyone's like, he looks stupid. He looks really dumb. I'm like. He's a different aspect of him. He didn't even have that much screen time. I don't know. Like. Oh, he didn't get enough anywhere near enough screen time. That's what I'm saying. But everyone was complaining about the way he looked, but he was literally on screen for maybe 10 minutes tops. (laughs) And I saw the revamp they did. I'm like, this isn't going to end well and no one's going to be happy. The problem with it is, is Ledger went so far in on that character that it's very difficult for anybody to grab the reins of him. And Shit, try and him. 
knew him better. He went so far into it, it killed him. He had other problems. That, right, that but he was wasn't losing... just that. He, the, if you, his drug problems were completely separate from the, from what what had occurred with uh, with the Dark Knight, and he had other movies he was doing at that point too. So, yeah, yeah, but he died by sleeping meds. Like he was losing sleep. <laughs> he did that. He did that to get into the character, but he was also doing the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, and that was, I think, that was what finally pushed him over. Yeah. But I mean, sucks. if you look at his if you look at his his acting progression from like first night and 10 things I hate about you, I mean, he obviously was was trying to do something that wasn't, you know, wasn't those things. So I mean, he went at, he went to all things I hate about you. That's the problem when you go hard into something that you get the potential to hurt yourself. And that's yeah. what happened. Well, you have 10 things I hate about you. Then you had Knight's Tale, which was a complete 180. And then you he goes into the Dark Knight. Well, Brokeback Mountain and then Dark Knight. The Gay dude Cowboys was, eating pudding. The dude was a good actor. Like, he he was a phenomenal actor. It just sucks he died. <coughs> it is what it is. If we ever find an alternate reality where he's still alive, maybe the third Batman in that reality is better. Who knows? Yeah, right. The problem with he, the problem with, with, uh, he, with hmm. the Christian Bale is, is he needs a foil to be able to ground his very sterile acting chops like he was great in equilibrium because he had people to act off of if he's trying to go off of his own chops like Anne Hathaway can't carry his dumb ass that, only, that was half the problem with the Dark Knight Rises and I liked Bane as a standalone character if you compare Bane to the comic book Bane he's absolutely nowhere near where he's supposed to be no not at all but I think that I think that's uh, what, was, what was the guy who played him the guy who played Venom as well No idea. That's actually another movie I still haven't seen yet, and I keep meaning to see it. I heard, I heard it was really good, and from the scenes that I saw, it was it was amazing. But yeah. like he did what he could, and like he even said, is just like I, you know, I wanted to make the characters, you know, stand out against you know Christian Bale's over the top acting. I'm like, well, first of all, you don't know what over the top acting is, but good yeah. for you to trying. <laughs> but the voice, but the voice emulation, weird shit that you attacked onto the character, very much did not uh, do you any favors. I mean, you, 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 your voice launched a thousand memes, so good for you. But like the overall, like the appearance of him, he looked like Bane. You, you can't argue with the appearance. Just because he wasn't wearing a luchador mask doesn't mean that he wasn't a swole individual who had a calculating mind and, and overwhelming strength. So I, I think that that was in place. I wish, I wish that if the the way they were pushing Bane in that movie, I wish they would have pull pushed Raj and Talia. A little bit more. Yeah, I, the problem with that whole, you know, flip at the end where Talia just appears out of nowhere. Yeah. He's like, I'm here to avenge my father, even though I didn't like him and he abandoned me. I'm like, your character motivations are sketchy at best. It's well, only after remember you, they, only they after get you together and they have Damien. So. What's up? They end up hooking up and having Damien. So she really wasn't trying to avenge anything. <laughs> And her dad technically wasn't dead. <laughs> talking about the, I'm talking about the Nolan trilogy. I'm not talking yeah. about the comics. Yeah, but still, I, they could have done so much more with Raj and Talia for sure. Well, yeah, they. But I think that had more to do with the fact that uh, um, that Neeson didn't want to do the character again. That had less to do with you know them cultivating. Like 
if you look at the amount of screen time he got in the third movie when they had the flashbacks, I mean, like, they tried their best to not put his face in as much as humanly possible. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't like know. this, they were clearly trying to ensure that Lisa, that Neeson didn't fucking give them shit for it. That is now that true. we've gone off on a wild tangent. <laughs> we've talked about movies for the last hour and a half, which I'm okay with. <laughs> we might not get to the the other. We might not get to that that Blizzard topic or the um, other oh, Sony. We're not going to talk about unions. I thought you wanted to talk about unions. No, nah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll get that this weekend for sure. We'll just have to add that one. We'll add that one and then the Sony, um, Sony Fine. stuff. Cause I think I mean we could talk a half hour about magic alone. Oh hell yeah! And that's what and that's what we want to talk about for sure. That's what we wanted to talk about since it released. So, um, hell fucking yeah, dude! All right, uh, so let's get let's get right. into that oh. since we <laughs> we'll just say yeah, just make sure we save the other the Sony stuff and the Blizzard stuff for this weekend, and let's hit that time <laughs> spiral. <laughs> Yeah. So time spiral released uh this weekend. Was it this weekend? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Friday. I have no concept of time lately and it's never gonna get better. Though I am scheduled for my shots, so I'm excited. Oh, I guess we should here's the date officially, people. Today's March twenty second, twenty twenty one. Yeah, we said something. Yeah. But <laughs> Fucking A, man. I'm never going to get that on time, ever. Yeah, it's all right. Well, too deep, so, too time for release this week. Uh, there was no pre-release for this set. It Holy was a non-standard set. Dude, the box jumped up to $300 almost now. Well, we'll get to that. Don't bury the lead. No, because I can't, I can't buy one now. I don't know what to tell you, man. But oh, mine, was, mine was after everything I traded in. I barely squeaked by getting my box and it was just under 200 bucks. Well, this sucks. All right. I'll try to find one. Good luck to you. People are opening them and the prices jumped. All right. Keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So the time story came out, as we said, this is non-standard set, uh, but it is a full box as opposed to modern masters, which only has like 25 packs. This one actually had a full 36. Each pack nice. comes with your standard assortment of commons, uncommons, and rares. Uh, comes with its usual token that you get. Also comes with a bonus sheet time-shifted card. They obviously did not have the same time-shifted cards they had from the original Time Spiral block, but they did do some new ones with a lot of people having huge fanfare for it. Um, the time the the uh, the bonus sheet cards are highly sought after because they all have the old borders on them most of them are sitting anywhere between um two to three bucks shooting up into the 40 to 60 dollar range depending on the particular cards and um as, as from what i'm hearing on the internet uh, the potential to get a foil time shifted card has the same odds as getting a masterpiece card out of the Kaladesh block or a invocation card out of the Amonkhet block. And that's one per case that you could get. Yeah. Um, right. The right. prices on those foil time shifted cards 
even if they're in the uncommon range, is in between uh, at current. I am looking at prices between like twenty to thirty dollars upwards into the three and four hundred range, depending on the foils you pull, because you can't because of the rarity of the time shifted foils. It is nearly impossible for most people to get them out of a non-box scenario, but eh, whatever happens, I pulled one. I, I was lucky enough, and mine's a $40 one. I'm not going to argue. All my rares and everything out, paid for my box, and I had a, and I had an extra $150 afterwards, so I'm not even going to fucking argue with that I wanna, shit. I want to point out, though, if you do draw one of these sheet foils, um, to double-sleeve it immediately, because these things are printed the same way the new foils have been printed and they fucking suck <laughs> so if you want they to keep your value double sleeve that shit immediately so circling back to what you were talking about before the prices is going to even go up higher because they limited printed that fucking set times by rolling mastered is getting one print run and that is it yeah they're not printing multiples of them. I don't know why. If you look into the past, most modern, most of the, ma the, the master sets had at least two print runs before they were cut down. This one was only done once. And I think that's because of logistical issues on their end. They just couldn't get the supply built up to do that kind of stuff. So that's making a lot of those rares and foils spike into the fucking ceiling. Yep. So as of right now, these boxes... The cheapest on TCG Player is two seventy eight. Uh, they're going upwards close to three hundred dollars right now. So they're going. They're already a hundred dollars over value. Three day, four days after release. Yep. So and I, I would guarantee you that most LGS is probably already sold out on their uh, their allocations. Yep. My store only had a couple of cases of it. And I'm not, and I only know of myself and one other person who have actually bought boxes of it. And I think maybe a third person out of my, out of my magic group who might've managed to grab one. So I pre-ordered mine because I was not taking any fucking chances on this. When you, when you contrast this between this, between this and the standard sets, I wasn't specifically expecting it to be this ridiculous, but considering my polls, and the prices that these these you know time shifted cards are going even at just basic time shifted, not the foils. I'm yeah. looking to the, I'm looking for my investment to even grow further at this point, just because of how ridiculous of a low print run this is for this fucking set. Yeah, so I missed out on this. There's no way I'm getting into this now. That's up to you if you want to put in for it. I, I my statement to you would be checking around at the LGSs that you are that you have around you and seeing if they have them. Yeah, that's what I'm if gonna do. I doubt can sell them to you for two hundred. Get them for two hundred because that's the best you're gonna do. Yep. Yep. Most places were selling them for one eighty. My place was selling them for one sixty nine because uh, they because of the pre ordering rule that they had in place. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up to you because uh, I had said it, I, I told it to you before, but the, the LGS that I go to, um, and I want to tell everybody else this, the way that they've been getting around scalpers with Pokemon and stuff is um, they've been instituting a, uh, a slit rule where if there's any sealed product, they, uh, 
they ask the customer if they want their product sealed or not. And if they do want it sealed, they tack on an extra fee to ensure that their uh, the scalpers aren't, you know, flipping it and making too much of a profit. And most people, I, my, I'm saying this because my box was, I had my, uh, my uh, wrapper cut on my uh, time spiral box. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I agree with that. Like, I think that's good. Like, I know I kind of pushed back a little bit at first on it when you told it to me. Cause, but then I'm like, I'm not one of those people that holds on to sealed products, so it doesn't affect me at all. In fact, I get it for cheaper then. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, I don't hold on to sealed product. Anytime I buy something, I crack it. The only time I wouldn't do that would be like a set that has been printed pretty decently. Like if for some reason, like any more of these cards start spiking even harder and like I end up with a card that I'm not using for whatever reason, like I already have a copy of it and I can trade it in and get a box. I might keep it sealed, but not sealed, sealed. Like I, like if they could just cut the slit and I don't give a shit, yeah. I might keep it for drafting purposes. I didn't look like at have this. a whole box. Yeah. You, when you sent me that list of cars that spiked over the, like the weekend, I was fucking amazed. <laughs> Is it like the dead's at 200 right now? Lake of the Dead is sitting in almost 200 bucks. That is fucking insane, my friend. Jeweled Dude, Lotus, fucking, Jeweled they, Lotus they, is creeping they, almost they, 100 now. What's up? Jeweled Lotus is creeping. It's at 86. It's all, it's creeping 90 right now. Dude, there are cards that aren't even on the reserve list that are cre- that are almost a, almost 100 fucking dollars. I have a plane chase uncommon card that is that is like 80 bucks right now. It's Cabal Coffers. That one printing because the Plane Chase series wasn't printed that that heavily. Mm-hmm. Those a lot of, some of those cards have gotten really expensive. Some of the some of the so there's a lot of stuff that spiked like recently, <clears throat> not really spiked, but enough to catch my attention. Um, Spark Double caught my attention. War Room went up to about six seven bucks. Um, what's that? I sent you another card where I was like, check your uncommons. Do you remember what it was? Uh, no, well, not off the top of my head. Okay, let me see. I have it on the messenger. I was like, I'm like, start checking your uncommons because like some of these cards are are jumping and they're not even that old. They're like War of the Spark old. Narset. I have plenty of Narsets. I think I have a full yeah. play set across the board yeah narset spiked a little veil of summer still spiked trying to think field of the dead jumped spark double maddening cacophony icon of ancestry elvish warmaster some of these are new elvish warmaster is new uh spiteful sliver from um modern horizon riding regisaur from m20 and then narset yeah Yeah, so so like uncommons and like some of these other like other cards are spiking incredibly. In fact, I, I've noticed when I was looking uh, to do like a specific theme for like the I know I have the angels, but I was looking at certain cards for the angel deck. A lot of those cards are spiking like hard right now, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna still do it. It's just gonna take me a little bit longer. <laughs> Well, once you so. once you've uh, figured out what you wanted and you send me your uh, your list, 
I'll comb through what I've got and I'll uh, I'll put together what I have for you. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to get some proxies because I do want to get some of the more expensive ones. Um, but that'll be for like later on. If I have those two, I'll throw them in as well. Yeah, there's just a few proxies I want. That's all. Just because they're okay. super expensive. <laughs> oh, oh, man. But yeah, power nine into my deck well, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I, I feel like this was uh, this was a, a worthy acquisition and was well worth the stack and a half of trade ins that I did to get it. So, yeah, this is definitely like a win. I, I agree with like a lot of like all of these extra cut cards are really cool. Some of them I didn't agree with, like um, Gray Merchant. This member has been printed a thousand times. Uh read the bones has been printed a thousand times like those i didn't agree with but like stuff like thought sees um where is it thought sees uh, chalice of the void chalice of void the ninja the deep um some of those cards like silence silence i thought was cool even though it's a fucking common i'm pretty sure right no, that's a rare. Is it a rare? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like Silence as a printing. Um, there's there's just a good... Kiki Jiki got reprinted. Uh, True Name Nemesis got reprinted. That's the first time it's been reprinted since the fucking Commander deck, so that was cool. Incorrect. It was printed in Battle Bond, too. It was? Yes, sir. Uh, fuck that thing. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> Fucking battle bond. I'm not gonna complain. I got a shit ton of really cool partner commanders out of that, so I, I got no arguments. I might actually have to pick up some battle bond. I saw, I see it in like droves now at the store. It's like all Kaldheim, or I found I found one place that has Jumpstart. I bought a few Jumpstart by packs, which are fucking cool, by the way. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about that. So Jumpstarts is you you get. Well, the way I bought it is four packs and each pack has 20 cards in it and they all have a theme to it. And you some of the you I think you get like five lands in each. So really you get 15 cards. But the goal is to be able to build a deck out of 40 cards with like two packs of this stuff. And I you get four packs in the, the thing I found. And each one of them has like a theme. So like one of my themes was like angels and another one was like demons. Another one was dinosaurs plus one. And Artifacts was another one. Um, there were some other ones, but like, they're really cool. Like, I like them. And I didn't realize that they only printed some cards in Jumpstart. So they were like Jumpstart exclusive cards, which is kind of cool. And then what's even nicer is each pack comes with uh, a a themed land, one copy of a themed land for each of the decks. Yeah. And, uh, like they have a, uh, a Freck, they have a Frexian script, uh, swamp. That's like 20 bucks right now. There's a lot of value in jumpstart. If, if you're looking at those, you're like, oh, I don't need jumpstart. You might want to pick some up. Cause out of the two packs of four that I picked up, I drew about $80 worth of cards. Yep. So there's some value in there. And it's cool because like I got the angel one and I definitely got angels I could use. 
like <laughs> that's a no-brainer <laughs> so the most expensive card i have right now is jesus christ i think it's sitting at almost 200 dollars from that fucking set from jumpstart i'm not stuttering no give me a second i'll bring it up so you can see it's uh it's pretty ridiculous lake of the dead isn't now I'm curious. Do 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 do. I had a low. There we go. Frixie in time. No. Huh? The fuck? That's not right. You um, there we go. The Allosaurus Shepherd, that guy. Allosaurus Shepherd. Yep, hundred ninety-four dollars on TCG mid. Nah, his market's at about about one forty-five right now. I'm on TCG Player right now. Well, the one the the app I use uses TCG Player, so low is one fifty-four. Selling markets one forty-one. Yeah. I always tend to look at the market where you just sent it to me, didn't you? I did. But yeah, Allosaurus Shepherd. Hmm. That's insane. So there is a lot of value in that set. So if you see Jumpstart, I know a lot of places you even you were saying you were having a hard time finding Jumpstart, but um there's a few places that still have them, like your Targets, Walmarts. Um I found some at Meyer. Like it, just keep an eye out for them. They're cool to pick up. They're they're fun. They have themes, and if anything, if you're playing commander, the themes are definitely helpful because if you're like like me, I'm playing angels. Oh look, angels or vampires. Um, that's how I got my veto. <laughs> so definitely try to pick those up because I think they're really cool. Um, and then I guess apparently now I have to buy Battle Bond. Oh. Battle Bond. Battle Bond is a old set, and I don't know how much a box of that's going to cost you. Nah, it's just packs. I find them on the show. I found a whole bunch of Battle Bond chilling at a Meyer. <laughs> Damn, I'm shocked. You might want to snag those up then, because those are rare birds. Yeah, I thought that was pretty dumb, so I just left them on the shelf. But now I, it looks like tomorrow I'm taking a road trip. <laughs> Ride for value, man, because that shit's fucking... That's rare gold you got there, because Battle Bond has been out of print for like three or four years now. Really? It's an older set. Battle Bond came out before uh, before we went back to Ravnica again. Yeah, I think but it I came thought, out like a year before Battle Bond, then. Like Battle Bond was like a a set, like a a set, like a specific thing that wasn't like for Commander. Um, it wasn't just for Commander. Battle Bond was kind of uh, like a multiplayer set to begin with. It it was a it was a one off thing where they wanted to focus at the very least on on EDH and two headed giant. So a lot yeah. of the cards have synergies with um, teammates and multiplayer. So like there was more multiplayer focused. Like the Battle Bond lands that came out of that set are some of the most coveted EDH cards as far as mana bases are concerned 
And yeah. even the re- they even did reprints of them as uh, um, box toppers in Zendikar Rising. They're just that fucking good. Yeah, let's check out the value in these. Holy shit! Like if you look box at is two grand. If you oh doubling seasons in that, I didn't know that. Yeah, they reprinted doubling season season like three or four times, and it's still like forty to eighty dollars every time it gets reprinted. It's sixty five right now. Archfiend of Despair is in there. Uh, Morphic yeah, Pool. Archfiend That's one of the lands. Land tax is in this. All right, all right. True Name Nemesis is in there too. Bountiful Promenade. These are the lands you're talking about, right? Spire Garden. Yep. Sea of Clouds. Sea of Clouds. Yeah. Luxury Suite. Those are the those are the first five that came out, and then the five. Uh, Newer battle bond lands came out in uh, in uh, uh, Commander Legends. Gotcha. Yeah, these aren't bad. The There's actually a lot of value. Lands are like twenty bucks a piece right now. Toothy, thrilling encore. Pier and Toothy. Uh, Pier tends to be really expensive because it's another uh, thing that uh, increases uh, token generation. Swords of Plowshare uh-huh. again. <laughs> Dude, I feel like they've printed Swords of Plowshare so many times. Like, I can't believe it's still over two bucks. <laughs> it's a powerful white removal card. Between that and Path to Exile, some of the strongest removal in the game. I wouldn't say the most strongest in white because wipe is notor- or white is notoriously for good board wipes, but... Yeah. Like targeted removal, it's some of the more quality stuff. But if you come, if you contrast white versus like blacks removal, it, it doesn't even compete. And that's one of the major headaches. Like everyone keeps a lot of the 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 game, a lot of the higher echelon people in in uh, Wizards is like, well, we're not going to give white card draw because white is great removal. I'm like, two cards, two fucking cards. They reprinted Evil Twin in Battlebond. Jesus, <laughs> such a garbage card. Apparently it's still garbage. Yep. It's at fifteen cents. <laughs> yep. You got cards worth less than lands, like the forest from Battlebond is twenty nine cents, and then Arcana Valor's Reach is twenty cents. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, what does that tell you? They reprinted. They reprinted Mycosynth Lattice in that set, and that fucking card's like fifty or sixty bucks too. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll go pick some up later. I'll go pick some up later. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have, you didn't have to do much convincing, but you got me. You got me. Well, I mean, if you've got a secret stash of it, I'm not going to fucking argue. Oh, yeah, right. For real. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, like. But yeah, like the, the battle bond pulls, like a lot of people were very cynical about it, but like every set that they put out, that's some sort of like niche set. They put a bunch of value rares in there and mythics, and that tends to be the thing that spikes. And then they, that's the foundation for like a lot of cards that were uh, like quote unquote experimental to kind of spike out into the into the ether, like the, the battle bond lands. Like anybody who played EDH at that point were like, well, no shit, they're going to be expensive because it's literally a land that. It's literally a land that works for EDH, so there's no reason not to the, not to have that price increase. Yeah, the one where if you those are the ones where if you have two or more opponents, they don't come into play tapped. Correct. Yeah, I got a lot of those from the um, Modern Horizon box. 
You mean uh, Commander Legends? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's what I meant. Commander Legends. So. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Time Spiral, if you can pick it up. I guess grab it, but uh, I have a feeling you might be like me and too late to the to the party. So. Yeah, if you didn't if you didn't check in early on that one, I think that one's kind of going to be a Passover. Honestly, um, like the singles are where you're probably going to have to start focusing when it comes to it, because like a lot of the reprints drop the price of some of the more expensive cards. Um, so look at if you want to either look through a lot of the time shifted cards and look for other printings of them, you'll notice that those cards probably dropped in price. Or when it comes to the time spiral proper, a lot of the older cards that were in the in the time spiral main sets, those cards were more expensive then, probably are less expensive now. Like Sliver Legion is the top card right now in the main set and is sitting at like just under forty bucks. Whereas the original printing of it that came out in uh, I think it was Future Sight um is nearing was nearing a hundred bucks before the reprint came out so grab it while you can before those prices spike back up i ended up getting a foil a couple a foil rare and a foil mythic out of it that are pretty expensive cards and i'm gonna imagine those are probably gonna jump up in price eventually too speaking of jumping up in price have you seen the new the three new spoilers for strixhaven yeah, um, the the two planeswalkers that came out are looking pretty cool. Yeah, and then uh, Gavin Verhe, I guess, came on either today or yesterday. I guess the spoiler, the actual spoiler season starting on the twenty fifth for that set, and it looks like uh, Strixhaven is going to be the set, the uh, set that's going to have five commander decks attached to it. So each one representing one of the ho- each of the houses. So we'll see what happens with that. I hope they're the smaller versions of the decks, but I have no faith in that. If they're doing a fiver, it's going to be the the forty dollar version, which means I'm going to be paying one hundred and twenty dollars to get a full set of those. I'm going to have to get one because I need an Orzov Commander deck just for some of the Orzov shit. <laughs> oh, dude, go for it! Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other and, thing is the Japanese alternate art Swords of Plowshares. What about it? It looks way better than the other Swords of Plowshares that they're releasing. So I'm not, I, 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 as far as like the availability of these cards are concerned, I'm still not 100% sure how this is all going to pan out for the, uh, Dude, I guess I, they're called Myst- they're called the Mystical Archive cards or something. So I guess in the collector's boosters, you're supposed to be able to get the Japanese alternate art cards, but in set boosters and draft boosters, I don't know what the fuck the availability is on these. Once they put start rolling it out and they have a better explanation of things, because as far as I knew, the mystical archive cards were supposed to be one per pack for the for every booster, and then obviously the collector's boosters get more, and the set boosters get access to the list cards. So I don't know what the what the the map out is on this because a lot of those mystical archive cards, they're like commons, like opt. It's like yeah. you're gonna if you make it a box topper, it's so fucking stupid. Well, you have demonic tutor and swords of plowshare. 
Yeah, both really good cards. It'd be nice to have a demonic tutor because I can't seem to fucking find mine. Yeah, but look, dude, <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Like, I, I might just order a Japanese box and cut out the middleman. <laughs> dude, go for it. <laughs> Depending on what the pre-release, the pre-order price is on it, it might be worth it. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. But I do like these new planeswalkers. I think they're really good. Professor Onyx and Kasima. Yeah, she was uh Kasima was in it was in uh War of the Spark. Yeah. So it's nice to see her actually get a real planeswalker card, not just the you know, the dummy down uncommon. I think they and, had and to though, because her- they brought back um they brought back Kaya again for um Kaldheim. Not yeah, Naya. she was actually uh, her her storyline was actually pretty interesting. So I mean, there's actually a storyline going on that's actually playing out, and uh, it was actually free to the public to actually read. There was no novel or anything you had to read, and most people are saying it was pretty good fiction. So I'm not going to argue. I'm wondering because Professor Onyx, if you look at her card, Professor Onyx is Liliana. You think so? It says it on her card. It says Planeswalker hy- uh, hyphen oh, Liliana. Liliana. It does. Yeah, remember she's hiding because of what happened during War of the Spark. Okay, so her she has Magecraft. Whenever you cast, uh, cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Ooh, damn. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. You can. Uh, all right. All right. I, I'm ca- kind of interested in how this set plays out. Everybody. Every set has like their own like niche thing, and um. Like, uh, what was Kaldheim's? Kaldheim's was uh, Boast. Boast and Fortell. And Fortell, yeah. Her plus one, you lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. That's cool. Plus one. She comes out with a five. All right, minus three. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. The greatest power among creatures that player controls. That's pretty cool. And then her minus eight is each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six more times. Oh, my God. Yep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you let this bitch live three turns, it's going to fuck shit up. (laughs) Yes, sir. Wow. All right. That's cool. I like that card. I like that card. <laughs> I don't know, man. Kaldheim's turning out to be really good um, still. And then you have Strixhaven releasing, and then obviously Time Spiral was in between. But um, I think they're doing really good with Strixhaven, and that's going to be coming out, what, April? So we have like two, two or three weeks. Yeah, but one of the other things that uh, is supposedly happening is it looks like they're skipping a month for the uh, the later sets to kind of give everybody some breathing time between, you know, offerings because holy shit, buyer fatigue. Well, Commander's usually June, right? So the Commander will co- the Commander decks will come out June and then come July you have 2022 come out. If I'm not mistaken. Well, if you're referring to the Strixhaven stuff, the Strixhaven commander decks 
God, I don't know. I, I don't know when those are coming out. They should be coming out with the set, but I don't know. I'll have to look at. I'll have to look when I get a chance. I thought you. Those were you. I thought the commander sets were usually around June. Are you talking about uh, modern? Are you talking about modern? Uh, modern Horizons two? No, no, no. I'm talking about the actual. Remember every. Remember when they used to put out the commander like deck decks, not just like the random ones that cut like. Caldheim has a commander set. Um, uh, Zendikar Rising has a little commander deck. I'm talking about like the full blown. Remember, like the fifty dollar pack commanders, the ones that were with like um, what's her name, Kalia the Vast, and um, like those co- those commander decks. So, starting last year with Ikoria, all of the bigger commander decks are usually out with the with uh with a set so icoria came out with um five commander decks uh that that were themed around icoria strixhaven is getting the five this time around oh so they'll release when the set releases then i think so but don't quote me on that because of the way they release them, they're going to call them Commander 2022 or 2021. And mm-hmm. they'll probably, they might release them a little later. Because I think the uh, the Ikoria ones came out in March last year, but I think Ikoria came out in February. So there might be a bit of a bridge point between the two. I don't know. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm grabbing onto those two. I don't know if I'm going to go into Strixhaven proper unless something really dramatic happens. I don't see myself really jumping into it. I might not even waste my time on the commons and uncommons like I usually do unless I see something really useful. Because these, let's, I'm just going to be honest, like buying, uh, trading for these sets and buying into these sets is not exactly a cheap thing to do, especially when you do them all over and over again, even if I only bought one box. And like you contrast that between the four boxes of Zendikar Rising I got. It's it's definitely a uh, a taxing experience. Yeah, I get that. So, all right, folks. I think we're going to call it here because we're going to save our other topics. In case you're wondering, coming this weekend, you will have Sony talk, more Sony talk, and some... Blizzard talk. Yeah, some Blizzard Activision talk along with some union speak. So if you're down for that, stay tuned. (laughs) If not, then, you know, whatever. Catch us again some other time. (laughs) That's the spirit. Yep. And before I forget, don't forget to follow us on our social media. We do also have the Patreon now. It's patreon.com slash angrywargamer. Um, apparently you can't search angry Wargamer. who knows give us a dollar tell us what you think leave us reviews likes the such and um yeah oh um i keep forgetting to leave you guys if you want to catch up with lando it's ragnarok night at ragnarok night on twitter and drew is at punk toast on twitter Go follow them. Go follow all of us and enjoy your lives while we talk about more gaming shit. (laughs) Remember, stay sexy and go fuck yourself.